In the 1980s and 1990s, there was a huge push for the opening of indoor entertainment centers for children. There was Showbiz Pizza and Chuck E. Cheese, of course, which we discussed in a previous episode of the Pop Culture Retrospective podcast, that being episode number 37, Shameless Plug. For whatever reason, several different corporate entities wanted to get a slice of the indoor entertainment center pizza, and for those of us who grew up in the 80s and 90s, we got to reap the benefits of it. And coincidentally, eat pizza while doing so. Discovery Zone came onto the scene in 1989, hoping to become the most popular indoor entertainment center for children. I visited both Discovery Zone and Leaps and Bounds on multiple occasions growing up, sometimes with my sister in tow. With that being said, on today's show, we'll be discussing the short-lived story that is Discovery Zone and its rival, Leaps and Bounds. What started in the late 1980s as a way to, at least according to their marketing, help kids exercise, exploded into hundreds of locations across the country and abroad. And just as quickly as the business grew, it faded away, seemingly overnight. So, Grab your knee pads because crawling through all those tunnels is a doozy. Some comfortable clothing and your party hat. Here we go. Hello, and thank you so very much for tuning into the Pop Culture Retrospective Podcast, a show inspired by and in memory of my big sister Rebecca and her love for all things pop culture, especially the people, places, and things of the 1980s, 1990s, and early 2000s. My name is Amy Lewis, and I'm your captain aboard this pop culture time machine. You are tuning into episode number 46 Discovery Zone and Leaps and Bounds, two now defunct indoor entertainment centers for children. By the way, I hope you and your family had a nice holiday season for the past few weeks. It's definitely good to be back. If you grew up in the Midwest like me and my sister did in the 1980s and 1990s, there is a very good chance that you ended up at one of these germ-infested, hamster-tunnel-like play areas, perhaps for a birthday party or a place to kill a few hours if it was rainy or cold outside. And if you grew up in an area where there wasn't a discovery zone or leaps and bounds, there's probably a good chance that there was a similar recreational facility. So perhaps you can relate to the information. In the 1980s, three gentlemen developed what would become Discovery Zone, or DZ for short. Their names were Jim Jorgensen, Ronald Mitch, and Dr. David Schoenstatt. The first location opened in Kansas City. Their goal was to provide opportunities for kids to get exercise via an indoor play facility, which included roller slides, trapezes, zip lines, interconnecting tubes, and ball pits galore. In the ball pit, for example, there was often a pyramid-shaped padded climbing tower in the middle, complete with ropes to help kids climb to the top. Some of the slides emptied into ball pits, or rather pink eye pits. Let's be real here. This was unlike Chuck E. Cheese, which focused on video games, and Showbiz Pizza, which focused on video games too, but also dining while watching and listening to a terrifying audio-animatronic band. Discovery Zone expanded quickly, opening 15 locations in just the first 18 months. One of Discovery Zone's early slogans was that their facilities were, quote, fun believable, fitness for kids.
Welcome to Discovery Zone and get a free, totally cool body tattoo. Stick them on your face or stick them on your arm. Just stick them. The mascot for Discovery Zone was a talking robot named Zebop. In addition to the physical activity areas, Discovery Zone also featured things like the DZ Diner, where customers could get food like pizza, pretzels, and tater tots, all of which could be washed down with a delicious soda. Smaller kids could play in the Micro Zone, which had a lot of the same elements as the main play area, but on a smaller scale. It cost about $6 per child for the first hour of play, and then about $2 for each hour afterwards. Employees of Discovery Zone were typically teenagers or young adults. The standard uniform included a red or blue polo shirt tucked into a pair of khaki shorts or perhaps black wind pants. Employees often wore baseball caps and had whistles to utilize if kids were getting out of hand. In direct competition to Discovery Zone was Chuck E. Cheese, of course, but also Leaps and Bounds, which was an offshoot of the McDonald's Play Places, which started in their restaurants in 1987. McDonald's saw their play places as an extension of their Happy Meals, or perhaps a place to burn off the high calorie count found in their kids' meals. The play places were designed by a company named, well, Leaps and Bounds. With the success of those found in the restaurant chain's locations, they decided to open standalone Leaps and Bounds. Their first location opened in 1991. There was both a Leaps and Bounds location and Discovery Zone location within about 20 minutes of my house growing up. I definitely remember having conversations with my friends at school about which they preferred. Do you like the primary color scheme of Discovery Zone or the bold color scheme of Leaps and Bounds? You have to pick one. And Leaps and Bounds was located in a more kind of wealthy town where I was near where I was growing up. So I think it was sort of looked at as being a little bit more snooty. And Discovery Zone was kind of for the more middle ground kids. But that's how we viewed things as elementary school kids. Anyways. One major draw of both Discovery Zone and Leaps and Bounds was the ability for families to host their child's birthday party there. Both facilities offered food for the group, a party room for opening gifts and eating cake, and the chance for all the kids to run around like crazy until they were sweaty and or lost their socks in the ball pit. Never to be found again. I celebrated one of my birthdays at Discovery Zone. Based on the photos I looked at recently, I'm going to guess I was turning maybe 9 or 10 when I got dressed up in my Land's End sweatsuit which perfectly matched the Discovery Zone's color scheme to celebrate another fun year of childhood. And just like so many of my birthday parties, my sister came with to celebrate and brought one of her friends. I also remember having a lock-in, if you will, at Leaps and Bounds, meaning I spent the night at Leaps and Bounds with a small group. Maybe it was the Girl Scouts or something? I can't quite remember. Anyways, me and some of my friends got to spend the night crawling around Leaps and Bounds until our knees and wrists just couldn't take it anymore. I remember taking breaks in the parents' room, which overlooked the entire facility through large glass windows. There were also TVs in the parents' room. I think I may have attempted to take a cat nap in one of the tubes, but that didn't quite work out so well, so when I returned home the next morning, I was exhausted and slept well into the afternoon. In 1994, McDonald's sold all of their Leaps and Bounds locations to Discovery Zone, so by that year, there were 347 Discovery Zone locations across the United States, Canada, and I want to say there were also some locations in Puerto Rico. For just $111 million, Discovery Zone became a leader in indoor children's entertainment. Here's an excerpt from an article from the Chicago Tribune about the merger. July 19, 1994. 
McDonald's Corporation and Blockbuster Entertainment Corporation joined forces with a smaller partner Monday in a venture that could make them the nation's dominant giant in the operation of indoor child entertainment centers. The complex transaction, which involves an exchange of stock, centers on the rapidly growing Chicago corporation called Discovery Zone that sold its first stock to the public only last year. We view it as a merger of the two pioneers of the child entertainment industry. We intend to be involved for the long term. Long term meaning not that long. Anyways, said Charles E. Ebling, director of corporate communications for McDonald's. The two big corporations have reached an agreement in principle to merge McDonald's, Leaps and Bounds, Incorporated play centers with the Discovery Zone network, in which Blockbuster has been one of the big investors. Also, probably not a great idea. We know how the Blockbuster story ends. Anyways, the news was used favorably by Wall Street, which sent Discovery Zone stock up $3.62 to $20.25 in NASDAQ trading. Shares of McDonald's closed 37 cents lower at $29 on the New York Stock Exchange. Blockbuster stock closed 62 cents higher at $27.87, also on the New York Stock Exchange. The format used by both chains includes a pay-for-play entertainment center for preteen youngsters that has a snack bar, party rooms, and game rooms built around an indoor playground. Oakbrook-based McDonald's got into the indoor kitty playground business in 1991 with its first leaps and bounds outlet in Naperville, designed by Dr. James Ripp, a University of Massachusetts medical school expert on exercise. There are 45 leaps and bounds centers and 250 Discovery Zone outlets nationally, with plans to add more than 100 by the end of the year. Those plans will be changed somewhat, said Dr. D. Mitchcomb, Discovery Zone Senior Vice President and Chief Financial Officer. We would have gone into markets that would have competed with leaps and bounds. We will be able to redirect our resources now, he said. In return for its leaps and bounds subsidiary, McDonald's will get 5.5 million shares or about 10% of Discovery Zone. At Monday's closing price, the McDonald's stake would be worth $111.4 million. Simultaneously, Blockbuster will receive 4.5 million Discovery Zone shares in return for the 57 existing Discovery Zone centers it operates under franchise. That stake would be worth $91.1 million. Blockbuster will also get sufficient additional stock from a venture called DKB Investments, LP, to give it controlling 50.1% interest in Discovery Zone. DKB is owned by Donald F. Flynn, Discovery Zone chairman and chief executive and a major stockholder in Blockbuster. The video giant already owns a 20% stake in Discovery Zone, and Blockbuster chairman H. Wayne Huizinga sits on its board. McDonald's also will be offered a seat on the Discovery Zone board under the agreements reached Monday. Discovery Zone, founded in 1989 in Kansas City, Missouri, was acquired by Flynn in 1992. Blockbuster bought a 20% stake in the company in April of 1993, two months before it made its initial public stock offering. The company earned $3.5 million, or $0.08 cents a share, on sales of $59.2 million last year. However, it topped those earnings in the first quarter of 1994. Officials at McDonald's said it was uncertain whether the Leaps and Bounds name would be retained. End quote. With this big merger, Discovery Zone was really starting to focus on quantity, not quality, and as a result, things started to take a turn for the worse, believe it or not. A vast majority of Discovery Zone locations only saw an influx of business on weekends, so it was hard for locations to turn a profit. Further, a decline in food quality and employees was noticed by customers, in particular the parents who were taking their children to Discovery Zone. Apparently, the frozen tater tots and pizza were no longer up to snuff. 
Despite this acquisition, Discovery Zone ended 1994 with $10 million in losses, despite a strong start to the year like we just read about in the article. With the sale of leaps and bounds, McDonald's became an investor in Discovery Zone and so too did Blockbuster. Both of them viewed Discovery Zone as a chance to market their respective businesses and to replace some Discovery Zone executives with Blockbuster executives, which proved to be a mistake. Blockbuster executives were hoping to incorporate Nickelodeon and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers into the Discovery Zone establishments. New executives were also hoping to develop some type of family entertainment complex to compete with Dave & Buster's. Unfortunately, none of these ideas really came to fruition. In March of 1996, Discovery Zone filed for bankruptcy. They were over $350 million in debt at that point. The company had spent so much money building hundreds of facilities, which cost about three quarters of a million dollars just to open, not to mention remodeling and converting leaps and bounds locations to Discovery Zone. What further led to significant losses was a lack of repeat business. Once you went to a Discovery Zone a few times or perhaps a birthday party or two, the excitement of visiting there just sort of wore off. And I imagine for parents, because they couldn't really play with their kids at Discovery Zone, there was really not a huge incentive for them to return. I know that I like to go places where I can play with my kids too, but the thought of crawling around on my hands and knees for three hours sounds horrible and painful, I might add. Discovery Zone tried to reinvent themselves by adding technology-based attractions like Men in Black-themed laser tag and kids karaoke. All of their efforts, however, were a day late and a dollar short. Competitors like Chuck E. Cheese were already focused on video games and had a card-based system where money could be loaded onto a debit card and kids could play games until they ran out of funds. Believe it or not, Chuck E. Cheese seemed to be a step ahead of everyone else. In June of 1999, Discovery Zone closed half of their locations without any notice to employees or families who had booked parties there. A few locations were sold to Chuck E. Cheese, but most locations became other businesses or were demolished at a later date. This came at a tough time because they had just revamped half of their locations. Here's an excerpt from an article from CNN about the closures and money troubles for Discovery Zone. This article is from June 30th, 1999. Discovery Zones Out. What a clever title. Closes over 100 fun centers at Chuck E. Cheese goes for the save. New York. Anyone heading for over 100 of Discovery Zone's fun centers a few days ago discovered something they hadn't bargained for. The children's entertainment centers were closed. In a move that caught many parents by surprise, the Elmsford, New York-based Discovery Zone, which has been operating under Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection since April 20th, abruptly closed 106 of its 200-plus fun centers over the weekend. Parents, many of whom did not find out about the closings until they arrived at the centers with carloads of children, were reportedly sent scrambling to find other locations for the children's parties. Calls to the centers provided no information about the sudden closures. However, on Wednesday, the company issued a statement explaining it chose to close the centers this past weekend in order to save on rent. They were immediately scheduled for closing to allow for the removal of owned and leased equipment and fixtures before the end of the month, the next date that rent was due on these leased properties, the statement said. The statement came two days after calls were made to the company about the closings. Neither Jeff Saison, acting chief executive officer, nor the company's bankruptcy attorney were available to elaborate on the statement Wednesday. It is unfortunate that we've had to close so many fund centers with little or no notice, Sasson said in a statement. 
but we were unable to act on the store closings or begin the process of rescheduling reserved activities until the auction process was over and we were assured fund center sales would be approved by the bankruptcy court. The abrupt closings were necessary to prevent any further hardships already being put upon our vendors and creditors, Sasson said. The company said it is attempting to reschedule birthday parties and other events to fund centers that will remain open until planned sales transactions are completed and they are transferred to new owners. Chuck E. Cheese to the rescue. Discovery Zone is selling certain assets, including 13 fund centers, to CEC Entertainment, owner of the Chuck E. Cheese restaurants. Dick Houston, CEC's executive vice president, said his company is rescheduling parties to available Chuck E. Cheese locations and throwing in $20 free game tokens. How generous. Houston said in an interview on Monday that the Irving, Texas-based company had to scramble over the weekend to help desperate parents find a place to hold their parties. It's been just frantic, Houston said. People called in and had birthday parties scheduled. We probably managed to book about a third, which isn't great. We think next weekend we could probably double that. It's such a last-minute thing. We've been talking to some moms. Once we work it out with them, they understand it wasn't us who shot them down. Houston said that to the best of his knowledge, there are only about 25 to 30 fund centers operating. Discovery Zone said that parents may call 954-316-5501 for information on rescheduling parties, which I'm sure that number is no longer accurate or is a number that you don't want to call. Just a year later, a judge ruled that there was no possible way for Discovery Zone to recover from their incredible debts and the bankruptcy was shifted to Chapter 7 and the business was liquidated. By the end of 2001, all of the remaining Discovery Zone locations closed. It was the end of an era. I wonder how many pairs of children's socks were found in the ball pits when it was cleaned out or just how many cases of pink eye were documented. I guess we'll never know. I hope you've enjoyed this brief look back on Discovery Zone and Leaps and Bounds, two well-known businesses who have the same goal, provide opportunities for fitness and fun to children via an expansive indoor facility. Although the business was relatively short-lived, the memories definitely still remain, including those of us who celebrated our birthdays there, like me. There are a plethora of fascinating videos about Discovery Zone on YouTube. There are a few short documentaries about it, as well as a very 90s video depicting a day in the life of a DZ employee. I'll post those along with some old-school home videos that have also been posted on YouTube in the show notes. Also, I wanted to share that I will be doing a giveaway, a very first in the history of the Pop Culture Retrospective Podcast. My wife gave me a very thoughtful Christmas gift, a ton of stickers with the Pop Culture Retrospective logo on it. I wanted to give listeners an opportunity to receive some stickers, so... If you are a listener of the show and you have a show idea, please email it to me at popcultureretrospective at gmail.com. If I pick your show idea, I will mail you a sticker or two or three. Please include a mailing address with your email and I'll make sure to send them to you if your show idea is selected. I'll take show ideas through March 1st, 2022. And in order to be selected for a show idea, it kind of has to fit the criteria and that it has to be something that... Um, my sister and myself experienced or something that she was into. So if somebody suggested taking a look back at like Hershey Park or something like that, I've never been there. My sister's never been there. So that's not a show topic that I could do. Um, But it has to be something that kind of we experienced uh, as children. So send me some ideas. 
If you're enjoying the Pop Culture Retrospective podcast, please rate the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. Please tell your friends and family about the show. I hope you'll join me for my next show where we will be discussing classic 1990s shows on Nickelodeon for tweens like Salute Your Shorts, Clarissa Explains It All, Are You Afraid of the Dark, and Hey Dude, among others. Should be a good time. Until then, be kind, be safe, and hold on to your memories. And rest in peace, Betty White and Bob Saget, two staples of sitcom history.